0: Hello, and welcome back to the NBA Chop Shop podcast. I'm joined by Brian, and we're going to talk a little bit about Kobe Bryant and the tragedy that happened uh, a week ago. It was today. Um, just uh, a really, a really sad day, a really sad moment, and it, it will be for, for a little while to come. Um, we don't really have anything too specific um, on what we're going to get into. Obviously, we want to pay our respects to everyone that that did pass in the wreck. Um, there was there was really bad reporting initially on it, and that was kind of frustrating. It, you know, it came out there was there was five people, and and then there was four, and then there were ended up being nine, and then. They said that all of them, like ABC News broke the news that like all of all of them were on board or that none of them were on board. And then that turned out to be completely false. And the whole coverage of it was kind of frustrating on our end when you're just, you know, sitting there updating your phone and at the whole time praying that TMZ got hacked. Um, and when it turned out it didn't, it, you know, I, I think I speak for a lot of us saying we were in shock. You, you read a sentence that says Kobe Bryant dies in helicopter crash and like you read it, but you you can't really process that. And I had a trouble processing that for for pretty much a, a couple days after. It's it it never felt real, and then once it settled in, it. it um, I I honestly still have trouble processing it understanding that sentence because it, it doesn't seem real um brian you have like what, what were your initial thoughts on what happened
1: no i was very similar to what you just said i was studying and um you know people text you and call you about you know because you know like that you were a big kobe fan and I I really couldn't believe it, to be honest with you. Like, I I thought it was fake. And uh, I just was, like, on Twitter and, like, what you said, like, all these different reports and, uh, like, TMZ. Like, I'm hoping, like, okay, well, it's TMZ. Like, like, that's
0: not real. And I'm waiting for, like, maybe Kobe to tweet or, uh, you know, something like that. It was just... I just remember
1: being, like, numb and, like, like, I just felt like the world froze for, like,
0: a half hour or so. Like, everyone was in shock. So I'm pretty much on board with you with that. Yeah, uh, Mark and I were watching the Lakers-Sixers game the night before, and ironically, that was when LeBron passed Kobe. So when I, yeah. I got a text on Sunday... Um, I was there. We, oh, yeah, we both did. And it said Kobe died. And I thought that just meant, like, because LeBron passed him, he died in, like, yeah. NBA history, and he was wiped away. And I was like, that's, that's kind of a, a, a bizarre way to say that. But then, it, no, it's like, no, he actually died. And then again, that's kind uh, of... I, Oh, I feel like, Getting uh, back into what I said about not being able to understand it. Um, well, I mean, I was
1: at that game.
0: so like. Oh, that's right. You were there. Jeez. I was literally there. So, I mean, the whole thing just crazy. To be honest with you, like,
1: in Kobe's hometown, uh, LeBron passes him. And, like, you know, you're all happy because, like, I mean, I just saw history. Like, I'm going to be talking about that forever. Like, that's my two favorite players of all time. And then the next day to for Kobe to die, it's just like, doesn't just feel real, it's just insane.
0: Yeah, so the, that was like the first phase of it is that like initial reaction and initial shock of it all. And then you start to see um, later in the evening and in the days to come, how everybody remembered, started to pay their respects and re- remembered Kobe. Um, and the thing that, you know, you, you don't want to be too critical of, like, how, how people... Because clearly that was, like, a thera- therapeutic way for people to, like, go through the tragedy that happened. You know, they, they tell stories and what Kobe meant to him. But any time that it got, like, too basketball heavy, it, it not that it bothered me, but it, it almost, you know... Yeah, I guess it, it did bother me because I always saw Kobe as just, like, using basketball as a tool. And I know that he's, like, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, so it, it'll be hard to, like, separate that from him. But, like, he always talked about how you pay it forward, like, how you influence the next generation. So, like, yeah. anytime it got too basketball heavy, it's almost like you're missing the point and sure a lot of the people that were like talking about it, like played basketball with him. That's what they did with Kobe. It's not like they went and read books with him or um, took their kids to daycare together. Like, so I understand why it was all focused on basketball, but I feel like the, the big piece on how Kobe did pay it forward was all about like his process and how he said how important your approach is. And ultimately, that's what turned into the Mamba mentality. And it's not like you want to reduce someone's life to a, a two-word phrase that, that has some alliteration. But that's really why I think it hit so hard for everyone was because of how much he impacted everyone. Because his approach, his process that he preached could be scaled to anyone and anybody And that's, I think, why it hurt so bad is how relatable it became. Because on the surface level, you're like, how would people relate to a 6'6 athletic freak of nature that has done and can do what he's done on the court for 20 years? Like that, on surface level, that seems completely irrelatable. But it was always about the approach. And people talk about the jump shots and the rings, but ultimately that was just the result of what made Kobe so special. I mean, if he was in any profession, as we saw, he starts playing basketball for a year and he wins an Oscar. Again, the Oscar shouldn't inspire you as much as the process and the creativity and his approach to that. And that's what it means to influence a generation. And I think Kobe did an incredible job in his short and unfortunately abrupt passing um in his time on earth so that's my thoughts on like having the appropriate balance on how we should credit what kobe did and how we should um remember it
1: no i think you just you really just hit the nail on the head i could not agree more um Uh, Yeah, that was the beautiful thing about Kobe was you don't have to play basketball to be able to relate to him you can take the Mamba mentality whatever you want to call it into whatever you do in life I know I have since I was fourth grade just watching him Um, just have to work hard in whatever you do and you know um, just keep pushing don't give up uh, you can do it at your job. You can do it with school. You can do it when you're working out. You can do it when you're playing basketball, playing football, whatever. Um, seriously, you just—it just really shows how many people he was able to inspire uh, through his work ethic. Um, there's plenty of stories I've heard. Of people that don't even watch basketball, never even seen him play, but you know they just respect it. It's, Work ethic, and they were really shaken up by the tragedy. Um, I went to Lower Marion High School this week, and uh, to see they have like a memorial, like a much smaller version than what's outside Staples. And uh, there, there are just a massive, not massive, but there's just people surrounded. Uh, around the jerseys and balls and everyone just crying like uh, there's older women crying there's young kids crying there's people my age crying it's just like he impacted all age groups all races all um, genders I mean everyone women male black white Asians I mean everyone everyone loved Kobe and I don't think you can say that for all athletes
0: yeah that's a great point I. Um, it's cool how you had access to that and, and to see Laura yeah very Mary. fortunate
1: yeah very fortunate it's only like 45 minutes from here so
0: um, again those pictures of you, you sent me of all the flowers and the basketballs it's you know it's beautiful way to to commemorate and you know I I think another good way to commemorate someone is like is is the stories and I know um, I was saying how when it gets too basketball heavy it almost seems like you're missing the point but I I feel like a way Kobe would have liked people um, to pay homage to his life was to you know pass on what he taught them and what he meant to them I think anyone that passes would appreciate people continuing the conversation as to why that they meant so much to um, a generation or an individual. So uh, I know you got into it whenever you were talking about since fourth grade and looking up to him and how, and how that approached it. But um, just a general question. What did Kobe Bryant mean to you? Uh, to
1: me, just. Huge, huge inspiration. Like, I'm just really grateful that I was, you know, growing up literally when he was playing because, you know, just able to watch him. Like, I mean, obviously, I never even met the guy and it didn't matter. Just like, I just felt like I knew him. Um, It was just like an honor to try to, I mean, obviously, I can't emulate him like we were talking about basketball wise. I can take his work ethic into school or, you know, working out. I can try to be like Kobe in that way. And I just always try to be like Kobe. And I'm going to keep trying to be like Kobe.
0: Yeah.
1: So he just, he meant meant everything to me. Everything.
0: No, that's, that's well said. Um, I remember just how much our family um, growing up bonded over watching him play um we would like you know get for us on the east coast some of those games wouldn't start till like 11 you know we're like eight years old we're staying up you know watching kobe going down down to the wire in a game and it's like 1 a.m and that's the you know some great memories i have with that um he definitely he inspired you know he inspired all of us. We were Laker fans from, we, from really day one. I mean, um, our dad didn't really give us the choice. It was just, you know, you're born and, uh, you like the Lakers. Uh, he had been a Kobe fan for a while and I'm grateful for that, uh, that he was cause you know, we really, you know, took every, everything that we could from him. And even like, like you said, we didn't know him like that. With, fortunately with all the um, technology and media access we were able to um, learn a lot about him and you can that's equally as vital um, as a, I think a personal relationship with with someone.
1: Now I agree as a, you talking about this 1030 game yet yeah, if you went to junior high with me I think I wore
0: a Lakers shirt from April to June every day to school. <laughs> and I, I just, I had like Kobe, Ron Artest, Pau Gasol, Fisher, all of them. Lamar Odom. Odom. Yep. And uh, yeah,
1: because you could always count those ten, thirty games, those playoff games. That would just that's that's those are something I'll never forget. Those couple years we had. It's
0: awesome. Um. So. Again, another another area I think would be a good place to go is your favorite Kobe moment. Well, that Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I watched Kobe all my life, and his, my favorite Kobe moment was
1: literally in his last game. <laughs> I thought the Kobe moments were over,
0: and I was like a sophomore in college, and he goes out there in his last
1: game and drops 60. I just thought that was... That was my favorite Kobe moment because it was so Kobe. Like a lot of pressure, everyone to watch it, and he just went out there and you know did his thing. Felt like he saved the whole season for that one game. He did not have a good season, um, but I mean he was just drilling them. And the thing about that game was, yeah, he scored sixty, but he had twenty three in the fourth quarter. Like he was hitting clutch shots. And uh, it had been a long time since I saw him, like, be clutch like that. And he was hitting shot after shot down the stretch. And I was like, man, this is like the old Kobe. And it was just awesome to get that memory one more time. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was really inspirational just, like, to finish strong. Like, he had such a good career, and he could have just went out there and whatever. But to put that kind of explanation point, like, that's how you finish something you finish it well. And, uh, yeah, just really inspirational. So my favorite Kobe moment, there's probably 10,000 would have to be a 60-point game for me.
0: No, yeah, I agree. That's, that's also mine. Um, I, like you said, that was just the most Kobe way to go out. Yeah. Uh, honestly, um, in that final stretch of that season, I remember kind of just holding my breath because I was – praying that he'd be able to play in that last game because, mm-hmm. because he was so fragile, uh, with those nagging injuries. It was just like, you know, sometimes you get out of bed and, and it, something would happen to him. Okay. You know, he had his 20 in yeah. and I was so glad whenever he just made it there. Um, yeah, to, that would have been terrible. To, that would be terrible. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and the other thing was he started out that game, like, incredibly slow. And mm-hmm. he did. I, I remember thinking just, like, man, this is going to kind of be uh, not – this is going to be unfortunate if all – you know, he comes Maybe. out here all the, and he does, like, the opposite of Kobe thing, like, he scores six points or something and then uh, gets yeah. hurt in the second quarter. Um, and then that first, like, awkward baseline, like, hierarchy – Mm-hmm. Jumper floater yeah. goes in, and then they just started funneling that ball to him. Uh, yeah, it, was, it was awesome. He'd, he'd pass it to like d and then or or one of the other 15-year-olds, and then they just fire it right back to him. And they're like, yeah. What are you doing, yeah. man? This is like we have another 20 years in this in the league. This is your last shot, you gotta. Yeah. So I thought that was uh, that was yeah, funny watching that because right. you can you can see how the ball leaves his hands and comes right back to him. Um, yeah. there's a few more uh, points I want to mention well, about. Well,
1: the, and, and the crowd was awesome. Like they really showed up for him and showed how much
0: they respected him in that last game. Yeah, I there's a few more points I wanted to say about that game. Um, one was. You know, Kobe was a very um, process-oriented guy, very, I-, I believe, stuck to a routine and found satisfaction in that. But I read that for that game, he had arrived way later to Staples than he normally did. Um, and yeah, the, uh, how he moved was with the helicopter because he lived in Newport and he was, um, had a studio in Newport, Grenady uh, headquarters was there. And he, I guess, got lost in writing um, that day, and got to Staples way later than he normally did. So that's one thing. Like you said, you're talking about the crowd. It was really like a who's who night there. Usually at these televised games, uh, they'll take maybe maybe one or two times after a commercial break to kind of. Uh, scan the crowd, tell you who's there, and they do their little waves. And I just remember it was like after every break, they'd flash a thing of this person's here, this person's here. Like everybody came out. I could not imagine the buzz in that city the day of, the days before, yeah. because everybody was there. Um, and then on a more somber note, I, I heard Shaq, who had a, who's, who's had some really heartbreaking um, conversations about you know this in the in the past week, but he he said how, the last time that him and Kobe spoke, was whenever Shaq said, tell him he's he's like go get fifty, you know going into that last quarter, and that was very sad to me whenever because that was four years ago you know I know
1: yeah yeah he ha- I know he did say that he actually he was wrong about that he said the other day cuz you remember when they did that interview um
0: oh that's or, right that weird when they yeah, sat really no, close did, to each other yeah he he did say that but
1: he did do that interview
0: but i i get what you mean okay good well no i'm glad because yeah that would have been terrible i i know that i know i know kobe maintained you know a, a relationship with the oldest O'Neal son i i remember i saw um tweets of, like, a, a DMs or something that, that they went back and forth. But I know Shaq and Kobe didn't have a great relationship, but, like, that, that would have been, you know, a really sad thing for Shaq to have to live with if that was the last time, you know. You, you're both, I know they're extremely busy and traveling, but, you know, it's not like you live on separate parts of the world. And sure. They each have, you know, several meetings a day. It's not like they could, not, time was a, was a problem or anything. Um, i'm also really glad they mended that relationship a while ago you know well yeah because it was you know they they're two young guys with huge egos fighting over turf and basically you divide a team you divide a city on the two and that's a lot for two young immature people to deal with you know and and then like they both always say the media blows stuff up or, blew it out of proportion, and then that doesn't help anyone involved, and it's really unfortunate that that's kind of how it is now. Yep. No, I agree. Um, Another point I wanted to say was, and this was something that we love to talk about, and I'm glad this also got cleared up, was the Gordon Hayward intentionally taking the lane violation. That's not true. Um,
1: Yeah, I thought it was true.
0: Yeah, yeah, and Hayward said, again, these, there's some you great... Remember I
1: told you that like two years ago or something? Yeah. Or like last year?
0: Yeah, well, because obviously you know, people are going to bring up stories and talk about it, so I'm okay. glad that Hayward came out and um, denied that that was true, and he had a great quote. I have it written down. He said, he got 60 on me, and I didn't give him anything free all night. What happened on the free throw line was not intentional. Kobe would have lost respect for me if I gave him something free, and that's what made him so very special. That summarizes it. it you know, perfectly for, for the whole situation. Um, another thing I'm going to remember from that game is the pure joy in the younger guys and, and in D'Angelo Russell's face mm-hmm. after shots in that final stretch of the fourth quarter because it's almost like because they grew up watching Kobe, right? So I'm sure they behave the same way in front of their TVs like you and me did. And now they're sharing the court with them and they're a part of it. And I'm getting chills right now for those guys because they talk about, I've heard them talk about it individually and they're jumping all over them. Like they're in front of like the little TV, like you and me were. Um, and that, you know, Copes has some great quotes, uh, that, in particular, it reminds me of another great quote. I have it written down. I'll read it. Um, he says, when you make a choice and say, come hell or high water, I'm going to be this, then you should not be surprised when you are that. You know, yeah. he said, when the moment comes, of course it's here because it's been here the whole time, because it's been in your mind the whole time. And I know that those guys were young, but that's what really was separating Kobe from other people players in the league was because he when something great happened he wasn't surprised it was uh, it was an act absolute direct product of his process and that's what made things come full circle and so rewarding was because it wasn't an accident that he was as good as he was he did absolutely everything in his power to get there and didn't leave a single rock you know unturned
1: Yep. amen i agree another kobe moment. Are
0: you done with the 16 point game? Uh I just have two more just cuz I, okay. I feel like it's uh important to kind of flesh out like the small moments within it. Um that that wink to Vanessa at the end of the game. Oh that, my god. That's absolutely heartbreaking you see his daughters yeah. and and Gigi just jumping up and down in pure, you know, admiration. That's that's heartbreaking. Um Oh, my God, I know. I know. But, yeah, I just... I remember not being able to sleep that night and waiting up for his uh, post-game interview. I remember, for whatever reason, I had to wake up ridiculously early the next morning. I think I had to get up at about, like, 4. And I remember not going to sleep until, like, 3 just because it was such a magical... experience and you're just running with adrenaline sitting in my sitting in our basement 3,000 miles away but that's
1: I couldn't go to sleep either
0: (laughs) you know I just that's why I think it was my favorite Kobe moment just that like he said you you can't write something better than this you know he was there for 20 years and he puts that kind of explanation point on the end of it and I was just so happy he was able to do that. well another thing I didn't even realize this till this week mainly because I wasn't I wasn't old enough to appreciate it but he shot I think it was his rookie year he shot four air
1: balls in the playoffs against the jazz and then 20 years later in his last game, you know he's hitting all those clutch shots on the jazz. I mean like come on
0: that's full circle that
1: is full circle I didn't even realize that until this week it's crazy
0: um you wanted to say something else and then but I was still finishing what did you want to say was that it
1: oh just another real real memorable Kobe moment for me is I think I I might have been fourth or fifth grade and I really didn't even watch the NBA right like I knew like players right like Kobe Shaq It would have been, like, this is before even LeBron. And uh, it was, like, a Sunday afternoon. I think I was back from AAU practice, and I just turned on. I didn't watch the NBA yet. I turned on the NBA, and uh, the Lakers are playing the Suns. I cannot make this up. It was the game. He hit those two game winners. And, you know, he hits the first, like, floater, sends it to overtime, and then he hits the game winner and the crowd just went crazy and he did that thing with his jersey where he pulled it over. Showing his and heart? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I went outside and probably shot for, like, four hours. Like, that was just so awesome. And, like, ever that's when I, like, became a Kobe fan that day. And, like, I never looked back. Like, I just
0: followed him ever since. I just thought that's just the first, you know... Laker game I ever remember watching, and it's truly a legendary game. It's crazy. It was that first, that first uh, initial shot of just. Kobe. I mean that that
1: that game is, those two buzzer beaters are just iconic. Like that's just
0: legendary. Yeah, you're hooked. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's sad, Kobe. He died at forty one, which is, you know early and but at the same time he he was alive for you know those 41 years um he he had his faults and had and had some glaring you know mistakes that that he made throughout his life and you you can't really tell the whole story on Kobe you know without without the without those details of his life um Mm -hmm. But his just singular you know focus on success, I think is what really inspired um, everyone. And he got into you see him when he when he does the, the bite and the, the jersey he, like he's just in a flow state right there and like ultimately like that's when you feel most alive and that's what separated him. He was able to get to that that state a lot more than other people could and you know you're just doing you're you're just like in the moment and that, when that happens and i i think that's you know it's 41 years sh- sure that's one way to measure it but then again how, in the in your time on here like when did you feel alive and i think kobe felt alive a lot more than people that you know live to be 80 live to be 90 um so oh, that's he did so much yeah you know that that's something that I think um, people close to him probably know, and his friends that he did live that life at, um, of being ultra present in those moments. The the sad thing was though is that in those years it was predominantly basketball. Uh, yeah. He has some. He has some quotes about you know relationships and friendships that now knowing that his life ended at 41, it's kind of sad to read about uh, because he couldn't be, you know, outside looking in, he couldn't be the greatest dad in the world because simply for the fact that like, he was on the road, he was in the gym, he was practicing, yeah. he didn't have time, to- like there wasn't enough time in the day and that's why he ended up getting the helicopter was so that he could be... Exactly. De- yeah a better dad, a better, he could be available because, you know, L.A. traffic is hell. You can't get from Newport to uh, Staples and back or their practice facility in El Segundo. And I think, yeah, that's where it is. And back, you know, so that was, he died being a great dad. Like, he died going to his daughter's game, making it happen because that's what was important to her. And that's another you know, note of comfort. I think that people can, can go away with on Kobe. I, I came across the, his, cause I did want to see what he said about friendship and relationships. Um, he did an interview with Chuck Klosterman with, uh, GQ five years ago. And he was asked if his obsessive qualities left any room for friendship in his life. And he said, I have like minds. Uh, you know I've been fortunate to play in LA where a lot of people like me, actors, musicians, businessmen, obsessives, people who feel like God put them on earth to do whatever it is they do. Now, do we have time to build great relationships? Do we have time to build great friendships? No. Do we have time to socialize and hang out aimlessly? No. Do we want to do that? No. We want to work. I enjoy working. And Chuck asked him. He said, "So, do you choose to avoid friendship?" And he said, "Well, yes and no. I have friends, but being a great friend is something I'll never be." Uh, he said, "I won't remember your birthday because I'm so wrapped up in my shit. I know I'll never remember that stuff." And he said, "People that are his friends, they understand this. You know, you gravitate towards people that are like you, but." Those friendships you see in movies are not real. Um, it's he. He did go in to say, in ter- but and um, you know, I'll never have those bonding friendships. That's something I'll never have, and it's not some smug thing. It is a weakness. It's not like I'm saying I don't need friends because I'm so strong. It's a weakness, and whenever whenever I hear those when I hear those words, it almost sounds like he. He compartmentalized the time in his life where he's like, okay, I can be an excellent basketball player for this chunk of time, and whenever it's gone, I can't anymore. So I'm going to give that area of my life all the focus that I have, all the effort that I have. And you know that was the cost that he suffered to accomplish what he did and influence as many people as he did. Um, But then knowing that he had such a short amount of time when that period was over is now... um, is now sad because you yeah. could see how much he liked doing the non basketball things, even if it was coaching basketball. But that was all about his daughter. He loved like, and it, it is sad now that the back end of of that is is not there for him anymore. Now, I remember a quote he had where he said, "Friendships don't last, banners do." Like talking about like championship banners. And I
1: don't know if he really meant that. I think that was more for the brand. But um, just to go back, I don't know if you saw LeBron's speech the other night, but LeBron was saying how he told his wife how he meant the last three years was the happiest he's ever seen Kobe. And that just made me real sad because he's probably right about that. You you play basketball, like you were saying, you know, you play basketball all those years. And I'm not saying he was a bad dad, but he definitely wasn't able to be their first kids as much as he would like. You know, you finally retire and you get to be a dad and you only get to be it for three years. Just doesn't seem right. Doesn't make any sense. Just sucks. He, did, he deserved way
0: better than that. You could see it too. I mean, any, any interview he did, he did one with, uh, I know he did it with Knuckleheads. And then he did another one with um, uh, Matt Barnes, this, like All the Smoke. Uh, he, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, he did, cool. And he did a few others. And in, in every one, you can see, if you watch the interview, how much he lights up whenever he talks about his daughters. More so yeah. than, uh, you know, a game back in 2009.
1: Um, no, was, yeah, like when he said that thing about a WNBA players playing in the NBA. He doesn't mean that. He's saying that for, like, motivation for his daughters. Do you think he thinks a WNBA player could play in the NBA? Hell no. He knows that. Yeah. He's saying that to try to inspire his daughter. That's the only reason he's saying that. It's uh, it's terrible.
0: I know he... He has so much to offer uh, to, uh, you know, after he... It was interesting. He was. He talks about how when he was twenty years old, he realized that this basketball thing does have a timestamp on it, and he he claimed that that's when he started his post career. Um, you know, object goals and objectives was when he was twenty, and this that just things like that go to show you the kind of forward thinker that he was because I know every, players get. Um, criticized for doing like the non if they focus on they spend their entire life becoming a professional basketball player and then the second they become it it almost seems like they want to be anything but that and Kobe had the hyper awareness of like okay basketball has to come first because that is what got me here but I can't do it 24 hours in the day and how I choose to use my other hours in the day he he put towards productive outlets and productive areas that would benefit him when he was done playing and i know i talked about the oscar earlier that is the result of it when he that oscar he he didn't write he didn't retire write that on some napkin you know in a bar after the game and then win an oscar he probably was, you know, he, he probably started writing that 15 years ago. Um, yeah. He talks about I've heard stories. You know, Kobe was different. Like, an album would come out. He like a Jay Z album would come out. He would hear it somehow. No one on the team knew how he would get it early, and like he would know every single lyric yeah. to the songs. Yeah. And they're like, dude, this this came out 30 minutes ago, and uh-huh. you know, and yeah, he's so smart. He's the, so smart you know ultimately that i think kobe was so obsessive and so oriented towards singular f- success that it did alienate a lot of people from him and i think that's why he was so heavily criticized because people couldn't relate to that approach it almost made them uncomfortable that like this guy was so driven towards what he wanted and but with perspective, and when he was done, and he wasn't threatening people's teams anymore with rings, I think that's when people started to realize, wow, like, this is incredible what what he does, and I can learn from this, and yeah. I'm glad that that phase was able to happen while he was still on Earth, so that... It's not that he needed people's approval and needed to hear that because I ultimately think he was so intrinsically motivated with what he did. But at the same time, everyone wants to be liked. Everyone wants to be told that they mean something. And for him to experience that before he went out is something that I'm sure he was grateful for.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Definitely. Absolutely.
0: I don't. I don't really have um, anything else I want to say. Um, I I don't know if if you wanted to add anything, Brian. Oh
1: man. Jeez, uh, I just can't believe that it happened. Still can't believe it. it. Still doesn't seem real. No, it doesn't. And like, you just know he was just gonna do so many big things. Like I, I think he, I really think he would have been. Home. Lakers owner one day I think he wanted to own a team I think he wanted to own the Lakers and like he was just you know getting going in life like just I wish we could have saw what he was going to accomplish
0: yeah it's very sad that's that's why um he talked about paying it forward you know how you pay it forward I I think there's a lot of people that are it would not have been in the league you know had it not been for Kobe there's a lot of people that yeah. would, would not have been where they are in in their business endeavors if it wasn't for Kobe uh, he Seriously. you know he like we talked about you didn't know him but you didn't have to you, you can learn exactly. from you can learn from afar and all the lives he touched will never know but the individuals who he did they'll know we you and me know Laura knows and things like that are, are what made what made him so great. Yeah. I mean, also just, it goes to show you that, like, I mean, if Kobe can
1: die, like we all can die. Like it did not, like I just didn't feel like Kobe could die. Like he just seemed like invincible. And it just goes to show that like, it's, I know it's super cliche, but like it's literally every day is a blessing and you never know when it's your time. And if Kobe can go, we all can go. So I just think it's important to remember that and you know, just live every day like it's your last because you never really do know. Yeah, and it's well said. That's only, I think that's the only silver lining you can take from this is that, if, if there there isn't a silver lining, but I'm just saying like, that's what you gotta take from it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's. I think that's well said. Um, good, Brian. I'm. I'm glad we were able to to flesh this out and you know, get some ideas down, and you know just speak our mind with it. Um, Thank, thanks, guys, for listening, and um, we'll be back with some more stuff soon. Bye. See you guys.